Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for the podcaster who's wearing a watch, uh, but I don't need, you know what time it is, it's time for me to go off topic, get mixed up, it's time for me to keep you company, because uh, you, because uh, that's kind of what I do, that's, uh, also I, said, I was trying to think of more witty things to say about not having a watch, uh, you're here just in time for me to go off topic and get mixed up, and if you say, I don't know what you're talking about, I thought this was a sleep podcast, meant to keep you company. So you're not alone in the deep, dark night to take your mind off stuff so you could fall asleep. You're the most important part of the show. But this podcast is very different. Uh, not not for everybody. Give it a few tries. See how it goes. Well, the structure show is uh, I'm going to do uh, some support for the podcast. Then it'll be an intro to help you ease you into bedtime. And there'll be an episodically modular bedtime story you could listen to in any order. And it's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. And uh, thanks for making it possible, patrons. Uh, hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever is keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts, you know, things on your mind, like things you're thinking about, about the past, present, and future. That comes up for me. Thoughts. They come up. They're thoughts. Uh, always. Uh, <laughs> You've heard me say it. If you heard me say it once, you heard me say it a thousand times. Yeah, I'll be thinking about what I just said uh, for a thousand more. It doesn't even make it as thought. So thoughts, uh, feelings, anything coming up for you emotionally related to the thoughts or that are just there. Whatever it is, uh, like uh, thought, you know, feelings about thoughts or feelings about feelings. It could be physical sensations. It could be changes in time, temperature, routine, uh, whatever's keeping awake. It could be a lot of different stuff. And, and by the way, I'm, I'm so glad you're here. I wish you weren't going through whatever you were going through that is keeping you up, but I'm glad you're here. And there's a lot of other listeners that are glad you're here or glad you found the show. And hopefully it'll work for you and help you out because you deserve a good night's sleep. That's why I make the show. And while whatever is keeping you up or whatever you're you're going through or, or whether it's just temporary or situational or something that's been kind of ongoing for a while, I might not have experienced it. But for, for a lot of people that listen to the show, including me, I kind of might. There's a good chance I know how it feels. And that's why I'm here to help uh, where I can. And that's why I see there's there's hundreds of thousands of people listening, too, that are like, hey, I'm glad you're here. I really hope this podcast helps you. And that's why, like, so many people recommend the show when it's helped them. And I appreciate that so much. So thank you for checking the podcast out and thank you for recommending the podcast. Or thanks for just trying it. Uh, and I do hope it helps you. Now, the one thing to know is this podcast just doesn't work for everybody. So kind of give it a few tries, and I'm going to try to explain everything to you, what to expect and why the show's so different. 
that may even put you to sleep, believe it or not. For a percentage of people, they're already dozing off, and we're happy for them, really. No, we really are. We're just slightly jealous at the same time. So so how does this show work? Well, the first thing I'm going to do is try to create a safe place, as I said, where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. I'm going to smooth it. I'm going to pat it. I'm going to rub it down. I'm going to say safe place. Then I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. So I'm going to go off topic. I'm going to get mixed up and all to keep you company and to take your mind off of stuff. And creaky, dulcet tones kind of means that my voice is not traditionally soothing. It's a voice you could just kind of listen to. You say, well, the voice isn't bad. Not great. Not bad either. Creaky, you know, not memorable. That sleep podcast. I remember forgetting it. Uh, I don't even know what he was talking about. Uh, so, yeah, that's the goal of the show. Really, that's hopefully what you're, you're better. You say, hey, did you check out that sleep podcast the the person told you about? Oh, yeah, I, I, sl- I think I slept great. I don't even remember. I barely remember listening to the podcast. It was some dude. He had a grapey, 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 uh, something, do- domes or something. Why was he talking about grapey, dump, dump, do- gra- grapey donut domes or something? He was talking about that on his podcast? It doesn't, I've never even heard of that. It didn't make any sense. Put me right to well, it didn't put me right to sleep. At first, I kind of smiled. It was like not pity, but I kind of felt something for him. Like, oh, okay, uh, this guy doesn't know where he's. This guy's spinning his wheels like a character in a text-based adventure. Shout out to anybody that's played a text-based adventure. Uh, and then got the answer. Look, look, try to pull on the string. You're spinning your wheels doing that. That's what, uh, it, that's, it'll take too much to explain, but I'm sure you can play a text-based adventure. I'm sure they're available in the app store. Here's one I haven't really played very much of. Zork was like the first big text-based adventure. I think that like a breakout hit. Zork, yeah. And, uh. I may be wrong also. A lot of times I'm wrong when I say stuff, especially when I say stuff definitively like that. And you say, yeah, he was trying to describe what I was talking about at breakfast. Then he, was t- then he managed to not explain what a text-based adventure is. Uh, but then he tried a video game without the video that's just text-based. Uh, they were around before and after video games. Maybe even they were maybe even invented it one one time. Probably pen pals might have done it, but that would have taken super long, like a pen pal based uh, chess game. But and maybe that's where it came. And one of the answers when you were doing something that was not going to work out, or, or they said try instead of saying try something else, this definitely won't work. But you may be close. They'd say you're spinning your wheels looking at that, or you'd say. Pull, pull on the string, and it's a, uh, the string does nothing. Pull on the string twice, uh, the str- nothing happens. Pull on the string three times. It would have to be a pretty smart to say, you're spinning your wheels doing that. Probably a bad example, too. I'm spinning my wheels making, an, I'm trying to make a metaphor and an analogy about spinning my wheels at that. Uh, 
Also, at the time, I didn't really realize what spinning your wheels meant, but I think what it means now, and actually, I'm not kidding. This may sound like I'm trying to be funny. This is the first time I realized what it meant. I, I mean, somewhere, some part of my brain knew what it meant, but not the conscious me. I was always like, huh, what does it even mean, spinning my wheels looking at that? Because you're not in a vehicle, to me, it didn't make any sense. If you were driving, I'd say, oh, okay, makes perfect sense to me. But in most of these tech space adventures, let me just give an example, because I think the first, oh, you know what was the one I played was uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And the first thing you had to do was get out of bed and drink water and take an aspirin because you were hungover. I don't know what that has to do with anything. But that would have been it. You wake up in bed. You have a throbbing headache. Uh, the sun is, you know, rise. You look at, you know, you look at the clock. Oh, it's 1240. There's a sound of a construction equipment. Uh, you're, you know, and then you say, okay, grab a water, drink some, take some aspirin. You see, well, it'd say, look around the room. There's a sparkling glass of water, a jar of aspirin, your alarm clock, your wind. The rest of the room is a normal bedroom as you might imagine it. You now, you may be saying, I thought I was at a sleep podcast uh, and not in a text-based adventure. And I'd say you're right. Uh, but uh, this is more of a, a meander-based adventure, uh, which could, to, could, like, I don't know if text-based adventures are good for that. Maybe. I don't know. I'm going to have to play one, but I don't know when I'm going to find time. But this podcast is meant to keep you company and take your mind off stuff so you could fall asleep. As I said at the beginning, it doesn't work for everybody. And, of course, you're going to be skeptical or doubtful. Now, if you already know this isn't going to work for you, you could check out sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. Uh, check that out and, and see 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 if there's anything else. There's other sleep podcasts and sleepy stuff on there. Uh, what else is uh, Sleep With Me Podcast? Oh, so this this podcast it doesn't really put you to sleep. It's more here to keep you company while you fall asleep. And if you can't sleep, you should know I'll be here at the very end to keep you company whether you're awake or asleep. So it's kind of weird. This is a podcast you could listen to if you need to or if you need a break during the day. But you also don't need I don't expect you to listen. So you could listen to me like background noise or you could listen to me because that's really what I'm here. I'm not here to put you to sleep. I'm here to keep you company. Even if you barely listen, I'm here to be your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar sib, your boar cuz, your boar bestie, your boar burr, your neighbor, your boar bud, whatever it is. I'm here to be your friend in the deep dark night. That you don't have like that, yeah. Just tell me about your tell me about a text based adventures. They say, well, I think I got to the end of that subject. Uh, look around. You haven't got or think. You could never say think about it. Uh, like put some. How about the character does some work? I'm doing all this typing here. Think about it. Uh, you thought you've thought for a bit, uh, but nothing's changed. That would probably be the answer. So, uh, and here's the thing, like I'm late to it. I think five or six years ago, text space adventures were cool again. Now they're probably, now that I'm talking about it, you'd say, well, you might as well, like literally, like, uh, that's, but that's how I buy my clothes. I buy them for 10 years from now, even though I'm, you see, if Scoots was wearing that 10 years ago, right when it was out of fashion, 
Like, I just got some waffle-based waffle short shorts. Uh, you see, I don't think those, which you got shorts made out of waffles? No, but that would be, I mean, would that ever go out of style? Yeah, if you were around any birds, it would be out of style pretty fast. You'd be without shorts. Okay, so where was I? Oh, it's a podcast you don't really listen to. It doesn't really put you to sleep. Can you give me some more good news? I'm new to this podcast. Uh, I was hoping to fall asleep. Well, you will. Uh, I'm here to take your mind off of stuff. But the show also has a very different structure that I want to fill you in on uh, because it's a specific structure that you can adjust as you become a regular listener. But you might want to try the structure out. Try it on for size. Put it on like a, a waffle material. Or, you know, put it on like a, like a, I don't know how you'd make waffle pants uh, or waffle. You're definitely better off making waffle shorts and then seeing if that worked before you went for the pants. You say, no, no, first I developed waffle, waffle shorts. I called them waffles, but that was only because I mispronounced it. Then I, tried, then I made uh, waffle capris, and now I've moved on to waffle pants. Uh, what are you going to do next? Huh. Uh, I don't know. I may probably, uh, have some breakfast. I don't like, uh, obviously I sacrificed a lot of breakfasts for this clothing. Uh, but so, oh, so structure shows very different. Starts off with a greeting. Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. And I say something silly. So you feel seen and welcome in, but you get the tone of the show is good natured. And a little bit fun, not so serious. Uh, then there's support for the show, so it can be free or paying for it can be optional. So that anybody that wants to listen can listen. There's almost 500 episodes you could listen to for free. Uh, then there's support for listeners who are having a tough time. And then there's support for communities around the show. That's the kind of support part of the start of the show. Then there's the intro, which we're into, which is separate from the support. And the intro is actually a show within a show. And you kind of heard it. Never, uh, It's never gone this way before. Every time it goes different, it follows the same general structure where I try to explain what the podcast is unsuccessfully. Uh, and then I go off on a bunch of tangents. Uh, and that is uh, fun for regular listeners. What I, you know, I've never talked about make, putting making waffles into clothes that I remember, right, regular listeners? Some of them might not even remember because a few percentage of people, like I said, are already asleep. But a lot of listeners use the intro to wind down as part of their bedtime routine, whether they're getting ready for bed, they're doing some other relaxing activity, or they're in bed getting comfortable. The intro gives you a space between being awake and going to sleep uh, that's uh, been proven to work over and over again. It's like the one piece of consistent bedtime advice. Have a wind down. Have a little twilight. Have a landing strip. And that's what the intro does. So that's the intro. Because some people say, oh, it's part of the business, or is it self-congratulate? I say, no, this is definitely... Well, I was congratulating myself on imagining I was a waffle clothing designer and that I had iterated. Uh, and now I'm probably pretty proud of the fact that I use the word iterated. Pro, pro, well, probably not correctly. Is it iteration if you're going from short shorts to board shorts to capris to pants? Are those iterations or are they just uh, different pieces of clothing?
some part of my brain said, you're an iteration. And I'd say, uh, I said, you're, you're, that's funny. Uh, that's a real fun. That's a good burn. Uh, uh, why? Like, uh, I'm, I'm blushing. My brain just got me so good. You're an iteration. You see, people tell, say that all the time when I'm trying. Hey, iteration. It has less syllables, so I think. Uh, they start out like that. Uh, but I don't think they're saying iteration. Iteration. Maybe they're, yeah. Let's not go there, because my brain just thought of more jokes based on my, uh, based on iter and ration. I say, no, 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 let's just skip that. Uh, so, uh, oh, what was my point? I have no idea. I was making imaginary waffle. Oh, so regular listeners get to hear the intro, but they know they don't have to listen. They just kind of listen as they're getting ready for bed, as they're drifting away. Or, or, you know, winding down. So there's a couple percentage of people that skip the intro, a couple percentage of people that fall asleep during it. But for the most part, people listen to the intro to to, to turn the dial on the day down. Then again, there's more support so the show can be free, sponsor support, and come out twice a week. And then there's our story. Tonight it'll be a tale of the tape, a look at a... Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Do I remember it? Here's one piece of gold I'll tell you right here. There's a pretty strong possibility I already did this, and I don't rem- I don't even remember recording it. So I rec- I'm going to record it. So, so it's like I probably, and maybe I already did a tell of the tape trying to remember Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, and I forgot. So not only did I forget the plot of the movie, but I forgot if I recorded that episode. So that should be fun. So, but maybe I didn't. I said, did I, have I done this already? I know I've talked about hobbits and stuff. So we'll do that. Then there's some thank yous at the end. So this is a structure show. That's why I make this show. Like I said, give it a few tries. You got nothing to lose. The show's free. It's here to help you. So just see how it goes. I hope it can help you out. I hope it can uh, give you the rest you need and you deserve. I really appreciate you checking the podcast out. I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways I'm able to do it for you for free twice a week. All right, everybody. Uh, it's time to do something we haven't, I, I haven't recorded in a long time. And we're going to cover the movie uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, The Fellowship of the Ring. And part of the reason I'm doing this, I was like, geez, trying to figure out movies that came out. Uh, what I presume is the aughts, but I really don't know. So I probably should look that up. Uh, and also, at some point here, maybe before this even comes out, uh, there'll be what I think is a Lord of the Rings TV, like streaming, like a streaming pro show or a super extended film. So I'm talking about the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings. Uh, and uh, I'm going to try to remember what I can of the first movie. I will say that I've seen the movie, like this will be, be even more embarrassing because I've seen the extended version in the last three years. And I would say I've seen it twice in the last three to five years, probably in the last three years since I bought the extended version. I probably watched it once alone and then watched it with my daughter and then watched about half of the two towers with my daughter before she said, uh, there's still three more hours in this part of the thing. 
And I said, that sounds like something someone from Rohan would say. And she said that even in the context of the film, actually that part never happened. But, uh, so I can remember seeing this in the movie theater, uh, Grand Lake theater in Oakland. And in preparation, I reread the books, uh, though I don't really like at this point, my mind is, uh, but I remember, and I think it was one of those things where I didn't know if the idea was like, I can remember where I was when I bought, uh, a used mass market paperback version of the fellowship of the rings. I was in, um, a, uh, a, what is that place called? It's like a used, like a like a secondhand store. The kind of mass market paperback you buy at a secondhand store. Something town, thrift town, I think. I think it was called somewhere in the East Bay, Hayward, San Leandro. And uh, I was looking through their books, and or maybe I was in. I don't know. I can kind of picture it, and I can picture where I was standing. And I said, "Oh yeah, I haven't read these in a while. It's a cool cover." And maybe I was even aware that the movies were being filmed, and that's why I bought it. I can't remember my motivation or if I bought it, and then I was like, holy cow. But I do remember trying to read the books before the movies came out. I think successfully, and it was before I went to England, I think, because uh, then when I went to Oxford and Cambridge, I was very disappointed not to be able to go to the pub, uh, that I can't think of the name of that either. But whatever, you know, life moves on. So this may be more on the extended version because that's the last thing I saw. And I can't even remember really how it's like. So it starts off in the world. What is that place called? The Shire, uh, where the hobbits live. Hobbiton, uh, I think. Uh, and I don't remember exactly how it starts. We start to get introduced to all the main characters, uh, Bilbo and uh, Frodo. Baggins, Bag End is where they live, and Samwise Gangee. Again, people are going to get, I'm not doing this on purpose, I do pronounce words differently. What is a sight word to me? Even if I heard it in the movie, it's still going to be a sight word that I imagined how it sounded. But so, we. I think we first we get an idea of those two, of uh, Frodo and uh, Bilbo and Frodo kind of being, uh, you get you saying, huh, is this all there is? Uh, Life in the Shire is pretty good, but what else is going on? And we, we meet Sam, who's uh, uh, Frodo's best friend, and then we meet uh, Bilbo. I think we get a hint to the ring even early on and that Bilbo's preparing for a journey and a little bit stressed about something. And then Gandalf arrives, Gandalf the Grey, and I don't know if Gandalf arrives twice. I think Gandalf does come twice. But it's like this big, I think it's like a Frodo's birthday maybe. I don't know, his name day, or whatever they call it there, candle day or cake day. And so there's a big party for for, for for Frodo or Bilbo. 
And we also meet uh, Pippin and Mary, maybe. I'm not kidding. I'm not trying to do a bit here. Uh, but I think those are the two other characters. And we, we get a sense of the, the, the shire. Pretty nice place to live. Hobbits love life. They like dancing, fireworks, uh, dating, eating, and drinking. And we get the sense of Gandalf and Bilbo's friendship and the, the looming thing, the, the ring, and some other uh, something else going on that's stressing everybody out. And that Bilbo is leaving. And I think he's planning on leaving the Shire forever. And then also that Bilbo is either, I can't remember what happens with the ring, if he gives it to, to uh, Frodo. I know there's like an envelope or something. Then what happens is Gandalf returns. Some stuff happens. I don't even know. So maybe this happens next. I don't think it does. Uh, but uh, I don't know why. But because I, 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 I was having trouble figuring out if this happens in this movie or in another movie. I mean, like within the series of three. But. Uh, yeah, let's hold off on that because I'm not sure when it happens, if it happened right now. But it wouldn't make sense because we're still getting to know Frodo. So, yeah, what I think happens is uh, Gandalf returns, um, maybe some interstitial, like uh, some other stuff happens. But he says, listen, kid, uh, you got to get that ring. So why would, no, because, yeah, then why would he be, why did he return? I don't know. Because he rides really fast. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's leaving and comes back. So I don't know if, again, what happened in between here. But basically, are these the ring wraiths, I think. Uh, they're start. They're looking for... So there's... Okay, so just to set it up for you. Okay, oh boy. Because in case you don't watch this or you're not familiar. So hobbits are... Um, they're, they're, uh, they're a humanoid... Uh, about three, I don't know, three, four feet high. Uh, they don't need shoes cause they have like hairy, uh, sturdy feet. Uh, they're not like, if you, depending on like, they're not like a kender or a troll or anything. Uh, typically in Dungeons and Dragons, they are called halflings. I think, uh. But uh, maybe not, because, uh, I mean, I'm thinking of Kenders, because I'm from the Dragonlance world, not uh, the other, like, that's what I read the most fiction from. Anyway, though, so, what was my point? Okay, so, oh, so that's what uh, hobbits are. They're uh, nice, nice people. Let's just go with that. Just picture in mind, nice, friendly, community-based people, love joy. Gandalf is a human wizard, uh... Now, a couple of things about Gandalf. I've talked about this on the show before. And even picture in my mind. Now, Gan when Gandalf is Gandalf the Grey, great portrayal. It seems like a cool wizard. He's uh, joyful, but also can be uh, have a temper and be a grouch. He also is a bit, um, he looks like he probably uh, it needs a shower at most points in the movie. In this first move, in the first half of this movie, you see Gandalf could use a shower, at least to wash his hair. So he looks like he would be pungent and probably be like, dude, can you wash that robe? Like, I don't care if you walk around naked, like, I'm going to wash you and I'm going to wash your robe. Uh, do, do you have an extra robe? 
But so, so that's the situation. Uh, those are the characters. Then there's Sauron. Now it gets really confusing here, but just think of Sour Balls, Sauron. Uh, don't worry about spelling it, but Sauron, in some point they explain the history. Maybe this is in here too, in the beginning. There's a lot of, uh, at different points, there's a little bit of elven narration. It's very nice. And uh, I think that's Kate Blanchett does a, uh, the narration, maybe. Like, long ago, there was a land with pure joy. And then, you know, like that kind of stuff. Uh, not quite sleepy. Uh, but so... Meanwhile, while so basically the movie starts, hobbits are living their best life, I could say, except for Frodo, or except for Bilbo, who's an older hobbit, wants to write a book, but it has some stress, has this ring. That's at least the symbol of stress. Hint, though, it's not. It's actually the cause, not a metaphor. That ring, one ring grew them all. Not a met- it is a metaphor, but also not a metaphor in the movie. So the ring is stressing him out, and his health's not so great or whatever or something. I don't know. You get the sense of, like, okay, this cat's, like, uh, looking at it and saying, what am I going to do with the rest of my days? You have his nephew Frodo, lives with him, more or less a father-son style relationship. Uh, Frodo's a kid, right at the cusp of adulthood, and or like a young adult saying, what the heck is it? Well, you know, what am I going to do with my life? Uh, this is kind of boring. I, I have a sense of adventure, but I love my home. The Shire is the best. I have his best friend, Samwise Gangee, who is, uh, uh, you know, a bit uh, like working his way up, a scrapper, uh, rough around the edges, a little bit, um, has a broader emotional range. That, like he has a bit of an emotional range in a good way. And then you have uh, Mary and Pippin or whatever, who are their, their secondary friends, really nice. Uh, they'll become, they'll play a big role at different times. And they're, they're a bit of, they got the trickster in them and the adventurer, you know, they're like, uh, well, like Winnie the Pooh, Pooh, not, nah, well, sometimes they act like Winnie the Pooh. Sometimes they act like other characters, you know, getting into trouble. And you have Gandalf the Grey, a leader, part of a council of something, uh, love, full love, uh, but also, uh, like, uh, has a heroic streak, uh, and involved in the ways of the world and a leader, uh, but also wandering around. It seems like wandering around, loves to check up on the communities, but also is checking up on them for some reason. Good friends with Frodo. They had some adventures way back. Uh, didn't go so hot. This ring's a part of it. Uh, Gandalf stressed about the ring too. Okay, then meanwhile, in the world, which may be explained or not, there's Sauron Thought, to, totally evil uh, being, demigod type powers, maybe even more. Uh, they thought they got rid of them, but you know history shows that uh, Sauron way back made these rings to trick people to share the power. But really, Sauron was a dictator. This one, these, uh, these, uh, this. Uh, 
this uh, king stood up to him, worked with the elves. They did, you know, a bunch of stuff happened. Sauron was defeated. They thought it was forever. Turns out it's not. Uh, meanwhile, when Sauron was giving out these rings, uh, one ring to rule a moment, Sauron wore a ring, the ring of power. They gave out all the rings to the leaders of all the kingdoms, but everybody put on a ring, you know, they became under Sauron's power. I think. I don't, I'm not, you know, don't hold me to this. This is what I tell the tape in my mind. Uh, now Sauron lives in a volcano or lives in Mount Doom, I think, uh, and is up to stuff, recruiting people, uh, looking for this ring, sends out these ring wraiths who are like, uh, uh, just like in other movies, uh, you know, fairly powerful, uh, uh, forces of Sauron's, uh, Sauron's main, um, heavies, I'd say. They ride horses, they wear armor, they're up to no good. They can sense the ring because they're, you know, related to it and they're sniffing it out. So basic situation is Sauron needs that ring back. Uh, and the ring was lost forever, found by Frodo. Also, I think the back story of that, I'll just tell it to you now, but I think one of the elves tells it to us later, it tells Frodo. Once upon a time, there was a, I think, I don't even think this comes in this movie, but basically there's a Smeagol golem, and the ring had been lost uh, because, you know, it was this, the ring is its own sentience, and it's not a good sentience. Uh, it wants to get back to Sauron or corrupt whoever wears it. The rings were corruptive, like all power corrupts type stuff, all of them, but this was a main ring, I believe, uh, so it had fallen out of the world, but the ring wants to find its way back. So it had found this one dude, Smeagol, who uh, found the ring when he was swimming with his cousin or something. He got, he, he like took the ring, ended up going and living like in a, um, a grotto and became obsessed with the ring. The ring became his best friend. And I guess the ring just kind of parked itself with Smeagol for a while or a golem Sooner or later, he was totally isolated. Kind of the ring was a higher power type drug for him. And Frodo found it during his adventures. He ran into Smeagol and the ring. Ring makes you invisible, but not in a good way. Not like some invisible cloak. And Smeagol swore he would get the ring back, Gollum. Uh, so he's been looking for it too. So as the movie starts, uh, Frodo gives uh, Bilbo the ring. No, Bilbo gives Frodo the ring. Gandalf warns him. He comes back. He says, everybody's looking for this ring. You got to get out of the Shire and get yourself to this pub. Meet up with this dude Strider. He'll help you out. And Bilbo's like, I'm not sure I want to leave home. Never left home. Sam says, I'll go with you. And because uh, Bilbo just departed, he couldn't say handle goodbye or something, but he left the ring. Maybe Begandalf was hung over when all this happened, but whatever. Like, so Bilbo or Frodo has to head out. Sam goes with him. Then P- Mary and Pippin meet up with them and they say, hey, we're coming too. Frodo already realizes that this is pretty uh, serious. Uh, 
And they just dodge the ring race at one point when they're on the road. The ring race are looking for them. And Gandalf goes, yo, I got to go take care of some business. Uh, so you find Strider. I'm going to take care of this other stuff. So I get to this part here, cause, but plus I forget a ton of stuff. But so then Gandalf goes off. Now, now this is confusing. There's Sauron, but there's also Sauron. And again, Sauron and Sauron or Saruman or something. Christopher Lee plays a Sauron, Sauron, who's also a famous wizard, was uh, once one of the great wizards of the world, uh, Gandalf's friend, super powerful, but uh, wears uh, white robes. But this is not the same as Dragonlance, like your robes don't uh, necessarily... Like in so in Dragonlance, the wizards wore either uh, black robes, red robes, or white robes, uh, and they kind of showed their alignment. I don't know about this world, but Gandalf wears gray robes. His robes could have been white though, the way he could, like launders stuff. But so he goes to Sauron and says, "Yo, do you know about the Sauron? He's up to stuff." Uh, and uh, he's building an army. He, he's looking for this ring. What do you think we should do? We, we got to uh, get everybody, you know, nobody, uh, also apathy and stuff and, and ambition rule the world now. And Saruman says, yeah, we definitely do, but I think you're overreacting. And he goes, I've been spying on him. Uh, I got this, like, globe uh, that, you know, helped me to see him. And then... uh and Gandalf says, man, I heard about those. It's like a seeing stone or something. He goes, but I heard those were like two-way, man. That's not good. And then he goes, two-way. And then he realizes too late that uh, Sauron has made a deal with Sauron or been you know, overpowered by him. And they do a little dance-off, uh, and uh, Sauron wins. And he says, I'm going to lock you up till you tell me where the ring's at. Uh, but he already says, don't worry, the ring's already safe. Uh, now, meanwhile, Sauron is starting to build another army for Sauron of, like, combined beings. Uh, and so he starts build. he starts this whole, like, uh, industri- military-industrial complex at his uh, tower I think that's a lot of that's in the next movie, but just, you know, set it up. So meanwhile, Gandalf is like stuck there on his roof. Uh, but then Gandalf uh, calls a moth, talks to a moth and says, go get me a griffin. And the moth says, no problem. And the griffin comes and re- rescues Gandalf. That happens at some point in the first half of this film. Meanwhile, the hobbits, they go meet up with the Strider at a pub, a human pub. Of course, there's trouble. Of course, oh, they said keep a low profile, but once you get a drink in a hobbit, don't, they, they're dancing on the tables, pouring drinks over their heads. And so the uh, ring race eventually tracked them down at the hotel, I think. And they sneak out of there. Then they try to hide out again. Uh, like somewhere else, uh, like at a castle the next day, because they're on the run, and they're sleeping there. And then uh, 
the ring race show up again. Meanwhile, Strider's like doing his best. He's trying to train the, uh, the hobbits and stuff. But then Frodo puts on the ring, I think by accident, and he realizes he disappears, but the ring race can see them. And they basically give him like a, like a little, like a spectral touch or something. And he gets a tummy tum tum. Now they're on the run from the ring race. Frodo has a tummy tum tum, but they meet up with uh, Strider, who ends up as uh, like this, like royal blood. He's considered, he's like one of those people that's like, uh, can go between the world of the elves. You know, he's loved by elves, loved by some humans. Heir to the throne of Gondor, Aragon, or yeah, Aragon, Aragon, something like that, uh, is his human name. Strider's his elven name. He's a ranger, you know, ranger by day, you know, Harlequin style, you know, like he's got flowing hair, beautiful eyes, and he's dating an elven queen, an elven princess, of course, uh, she shows up, and now she's also got magic powers, uh, so she helps them escape uh, maybe even twice from the ring race, uh, and, uh, like, uh, they go on the run. She helps Frodo. They split up. Frodo goes to sleep. Uh, next thing you know, do they get away? They do, uh, and Frodo wakes up after resting for a while. Uh, Bilbo's there. And uh, Frodo's on the mend, and we're, we're in Elven. We're in. We're in. Uh, I don't know where we are. Uh, maybe I'll think of it. So you know, Elven Paradise, basically. Now we get a lot of info here. One, we find out that Bilbo's still obsessed with the ring, and he's. But he like so. Frodo says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, buddy! B- boundaries." Uh, then he gives, uh, oh, he'd already given like a mithril chain mail and a, and his, uh, sword to Bilbo or Frodo maybe, or maybe he gives them to him now, but whatever. Then we find out, uh, you know, Sam and Mary and Pippin are there and we find out that, uh, you know, like, uh, all is not well in the human world. We get Sean Bean is, uh, Boromir. He thinks that uh, his family is ready to take the throne, or maybe even him, and uh, like that there will be leaders of pure heart, that he could even handle the ring, and that we should use the ring for good, but really you're supposed to throw the ring in Mount Doom, and that'll solve it all. The elves are bolting from the world. They're taking boats, and they're leaving. Frodo's going, Bilbo's going with them. But we we had the last great council to decide what to do, and everybody's represented. So you have uh, elves, dwarves, and hu- different, uh, well, a couple of humans from different, uh, Boromir from whatever. I don't know if he's from Rohan or, uh, I think he's from Gondor, but he's not a official, he's on like the second tier family or something. And he just says he's a little needy, uh. So then they say, they say, what are we going to do about this? We got to throw this ring in Mount Doom, but, it, you know, it has power. It corrupts most people. And they say, we need a hero. And then everybody says, I don't know what to do. And they're arguing. And Frodo says, whoa, 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 man. Uh, I'll do it because uh, I've been wearing it anyway. It, you know, it's my responsibility. I got it covered. 
And then Sam's like, no way you're going without me. And then even Gandalf and uh, Strider, Aragon, Boromir, uh, Gimli, or this, the representative of the dwarves, and um, Legolas, uh, the best like athlete in all of Elven, uh, the elves, uh, they all say, we'll go with you. We'll form a fellowship of the ring. And we'll help you get to Mount Doom. And they say, okay, sounds good. So they set out, but they're trying to avoid the ring wraiths. Uh, now Sauron's got people going out looking for them. Also, they try to go over this one mountain. So they're encountering all sorts of difficulties, right? Also, uh, Aragon has to break up with uh, the elven princess uh, because she says, uh, you know, I guess they're... Um, they have this impressive lifespan, but she could give up her lifespan to be with a human. He says, nah, nah, don't waste your time with me. And meanwhile, they're like, you're splitting? Like, you're basically going into isolation when we need, we could use some elven help with this uh, sour. And they say, it's not going to go good. We're getting out of here. So then they try to go over this mountain, but Saur- Sauron is like casting like, uh, light, you know, he's so powerful. You could cast lightning bolts, across, like change the weather and stuff. So they can't get over this mountain. So then they go back down and they say, what are we going to do? We got to get over these mountains to get to the next round of mountains to get to Mount Doom. And you, there's like even apps that tell you how far it is uh, that Bilbo had to walk. There's like one running app. I never use it, but I downloaded it because uh, you could use it to track your running to see how long it would take you to recap uh, Bilbo's or whatever uh, Frodo's journey. But so then they're in a pickle, right? So then they say, okay, well, what are we going to do? And they said, well, like, you could go through this old uh, dwarven mine and fortress or kingdom built into this one mountain, but we heard it, nothing good came out of it. Uh, and this is where a little bit of the history is confusing to me. Um, and again, because I read so much Dragonlance, so it's just kind of hard for me to separate, but I guess you could fill in the blanks. So now they're like cornered, right? Uh, they they go back down the mountain. They can't go over it. Everybody's looking for them. They're at this magical set of doors. Uh, and then they have to figure out the spell and they have to figure out how to say open it. I think you have to do it at like a full moon. Just happens to be a full moon. They finally get the door open with some teamwork brainstorming and arguing. They get the door open. And then, I don't know if you remember... Uh, the first Star Wars movie in the trash compactor, the same friggin' thing that was in there is in the water, or pretty close to it, uh, in the water outside of this uh, mine. So they have to, like, ditch that thing, but it, it messes up the door, jams the door on them because it's always trying to press buttons. So now they're locked in, because the, the, at first they get in the mind, they go, oh boy, never mind, this place has uh, not got a good feel. But they can't leave, so now they have to go through this mine or kingdom or whatever, and it's totally uh, empty, but there's a weird feel there. Like, And they, basically, this is when Gandalf is really grouchy. He says, don't make a sound. 
and we'll be fine. But don't do anything dumb, Pippin and Mary, by the way. So meanwhile, they're searching for a while. Then they find this, like, uh, one room where they decide to take a break, and they find these books, uh, and they say, oh, boy, this is the history of uh, the last uh, residence here, and they're reading it, and it's very tense. This is one of the best best scenes in all three movies in my for me because the tension really builds, and then there's some great action. But so they're reading this book, and it says, oh, boy, there's something we woke, we dug too deep, uh, and uh, we found things that should never be found deep. You know, th- this is all fiction, by the way. Uh, they say, don't worry, it'll be fine. But for this part, uh, you know, this is part of the movie where you learn this, you know, gain the skills that you'll learn, you know, use later two or three movies from now. But they say, oh, boy, there's, like, little people, like, uh, and then there's some big baddie, too, like a big boss level. Biggest of the big boss levels in the first movie, but not as big as the final boss, uh, Sauron. Probably have to deal with Sauron, too, at some point. But for now, and then Mary or Pippin, they knock some stuff into a well, makes a bunch of noise. That wakes up everybody that lives in the uh, mine. They come. And they're not friends. They're, they're like, hey, we want to take your stuff. Uh, this is our house. Uh, so basically, the fellowship, they have to get out of there. While they're trying to get out of there, they realize that some the big boss is even, like, the, this is a boss level. It's not just a level. It's a level with a boss at the end. And this one looks like a boss. Like, uh, it's big. It's got hot skin. Uh, no shirt on. You know, the whole nine yards, uh, it's got, you know, feet, uh, and it doesn't have feet. It has, you know, uh, whatever those things are called, clompers. And apparently I say this wrong. I always call it a bar log, but I guess it's called a, it's come something else, bar log. I don't know. Bar log is what I call it. That's just what I, but that's like the giant big boss. So they're on the run from everybody that lives there and the big boss. And they're running, running, running. They're trying to get away. couple things in here were, you know, the physics of, it, of the effects were a little over the top. But most of them get away. But then they're still, this like big boss is still in pursuit. And Gandalf says, you know, I got to stop this. Uh, because in the end, Frodo has to get away. That's the most important thing. And uh, and so uh, they, uh, they like, uh, Gandalf stands up and tries to take on the big boss level. Kind of does at first. That's when he says, and I misquote this all the time. I always thought he said, you shall not pass or, or something. But uh, he says something different. But I always used to yell that all the time. But he tries to shut stuff down. Uh, then him and um, him and the like boss they go they leave the movie for for time being. Now don't worry, be bad. Don't worry at all. Now so then everybody's heartbroken because Gandalf, while he was a grouch, he could be a grouch and he probably was pungent, uh, and he could have used a hair washing. He was their leader, pretty powerful and a father figure and kind-hearted when he could be. And considered the brains of the operation. 
they say, holy cow, what are we going to do now that uh, without Strider uh, or without uh, Gandalf, we're toast? And now I'm not sure. I mean, I know. Okay, so then they wander into the elven kingdom and these elves find them. And now they're totally heartbroken. Takes them a while. I think they have to dodge the ring race once or twice. They get into this elven kingdom, a different elven kingdom. These are the forest elves. Uh, and Kate Blanchett is the queen of the forest elves. They find out about Gandalf. They have a whole ceremony where they find, we find out that Aragon is like totally, she can tell, she totally can see into everybody's heart. So she's trying to give everybody advice. But she says, this is going to be tough, really, really tough. Uh, but she says, you could do it together. Uh, you got to get this ring. You can't give up because uh, they all want to give up, of course. But she says, it's not going to happen. So then she says, here's some lembas. I got some, you know, camouflage cloaks for you. You know, we'll rebuild your spirits. Lembas is like traveling bread or rations, uh, and so she gives them some tools that they're going to need. Camouflage coats are always great. Uh, and she gives them canoes. They set off again. But meanwhile, now Sauron's army is looking for them. And they're like, can run really fast and they have a great sense of smell. So it's even worse. So eventually what happens is, uh, they try to park their boats. They got to go over, they got to go around these falls. And this is all like taking its toll on, uh, uh, Frodo too. And Frodo, like, like they all get the advice from, uh, Kate Blanchett else, but you know how you interpret the advice is up to you. Now, meanwhile, Boromir, uh, the Sean Bean character, he's like still like, wait a second, I've got royal blood. I know what's best, you know. I should just take this ring. We'll bring it back to Gondor, and we'll rule all in place of Sauron. Power, you know, ultimate power does not corrupt. And he almost is like this. These all these uh, foibles prove my point. So at some point he corners Frodo. He says, yo, get, now the ring, you know, plays tricks. It's got a built-in delusion. So he says, yo, give me the uh, ring or I'll take it, basically. And Frodo says, no, man, that's not how it works. And he says, I'll just take it from you then. And then Frodo wakes him up. Uh, but at the same time he wakes up uh, from the delusion, that's when the Sauron's crew comes in. And everybody's separated, so it becomes this whole mess. Uh and Boromir decides to go see the great Gondor in the sky, fly with the Gondors above Gondor. And um, uh, uh, everybody's split up for a time. And Frodo says to himself, maybe this is for the best. Uh, I'm just going to go by myself. Maybe they re-meet again and they have a reconvene for a little while. But then Frodo sneaks out, and even uh, Strider sees him, and he says, okay, I get it, I get it. And so Frodo tries to head out solo, but Sam says, yo, you're not going with me. And Frodo says, I got to do this alone. Uh, I feel like uh, it'll be safer for everybody. I'm small. I can hide. Also, the Elven Queen pointed out to uh, Frodo that they were being followed by Smeagol, and that Smeagol was already following them. 
So then, so that's comes up, I think, in the next next uh, movie. And so then, um, uh, Frodo says, "No, Sam, you're not coming." Sam says, "I'm come come with you." Basically, I'm a hundred percent coming with you. He doesn't give him a choice, uh, so they head off together. Meanwhile, I had forgotten that Mary and Pippin. They became guests of Saruman's army because Saruman's army, they said, just get the halflings. Uh, they said, get them all and bring them up, bring them to Saruman. So Mary and Pippin are stuck with these, this, the, their guests of the army. So then uh, Aragon, Gimli, and uh, Legolas are the last three of the fellowship left. To their knowledge, Gandalf has gone to the tower in the sky, but even though that's not what happened. And uh, Boromir's, you know, in the Great Gondor. And Sam and Frodo are off, and so they kind of almost needed a distraction. And maybe the Sauron's army's not that smart, so they just said, we got what we came for. We got two of the halflings, right? So they say our mission now is to rescue Sam and uh, Pippin or Sam and Mary or whatever, Mary and Pippin. And so they head off to do that. And I think that's how the movie ends. But let's uh, let's look it up a little bit. Okay, it came out in 2001. Uh, what else do we need to know here? Uh, the budget was $900 million. Oh, no, $93 million. Almost did a billion dollars in box office. Uh, Sauron, One Ring, Frodo Baggins, uh, Middle Earth in the ba- hangs in the balance. Uh, they start off to Mount Doom where they can destroy the ring. Uh, let's see, plot, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, in the Second Age, they were all given these rings of power, but they were... Uh, you know, they're really under the control of Sauron in Mordor. Isildur of Gondor is the one who say gets the ring off of Sauron and defeats Sauron, returns Sauron to spirit form. Uh, Isildur actually wore the ring, uh, then it loses the ring. That's when you got 2,500 years later, Gollum finds it. Uh, then Bilbo finds it with Gollum. Oh, yeah, it was uh, six years after that, 111th birthday for Bilbo. Gandalf shows up. Uh, he leaves everything to Frodo, including the ring. Gandalf says, wait a second, this is the one true ring. Uh, and uh, also learns that Gollum was the one who told them that it was the Shire and Baggins who took the ring. Gandalf says, you got to get out of here. So I guess that all happened, in, you know, over two nights. Samwise heads off. Uh, Sau- Gandalf goes to meet with Sauron. And uh, Frodo and Sam are joined by Merry and Pippin. I got that right. Uh, they go to Bree uh, to meet with Stry. Oh, supposed to meet with Gandalf. But Strider says, I'm there. We're going to Rivendell. Then they go to Weathertop. So this part's right. Uh, Frodo gets kissed by a ring wraith. uh, And then uh, Arwen, the elf, and Strider's beloved, 
And uh, oh, Strider and Arwen reunite their love for each other. Then they say Lord Elrond decides he can't keep the ring in Rivendell. Got to be destroyed in Mount Doom. Frodo volunteers, and then Gandalf, Sam, Mary Pippin, Legolas, Gimli, and Boromir, and Strider, who is actually Aragorn, Isidil's heir, and rightful king of Gondor. Frodo gives a sting and a chain shirt of Mithril uh, to Frodo. Bilbo gives him those. Okay, so they head out to Gap or Rohan, uh, but Saruman's watching that. Then they go off over the mountains. Uh, that's when the storm comes. They have to go through the mines of Moria. And that's when they run into the, the, all those uh, Balrog, I guess. There's a, is that how it's spelled? B-A-L, Barlog, but it's Balrog. Uh, Gandalf fends that off, uh, but they go. they vanish together. Then they go to Lothlorien, Lothlorien, Galadriel. She's the one. She she tells Frodo that only he can complete the quest, uh, and that someone's going to try to take the ring. Sauron's got his crew looking for them. Then they go to Parth Galen. And Frodo gets, oh, so I was right, deals with Boromir, tries to take the ring. Then the crew shows up, Merry and Pippin go with them. Aragon comforts Boromir as he heads to the Great Gondor, promises to help the people of Gondor. Frodo heads off alone, but Sam comes, uh, because he promised Gandalf he would look after Frodo as his friend. He's going to need a friend. And, uh, yeah, so I guess I was pretty close there. I mean, I guess I've seen it, uh, there was definitely changes. I don't know what'll be on, um, the Amazon product, but yeah, it'd be interesting. And I mean, I'm sure it's uh, like, uh, like, uh, looking back at this and then preparing for something new. I always like it. Uh, as, as long as the casting's good and the story's good, uh, and the effects are good. And the music's good, <laughs> but uh, I think the casting will be interesting. I don't have know any of the cast, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, good night, everybody. That's the tale of the tape with Inside My Mind.